As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's Christmas Eve. You hear a knock at the door. As you open it, it's jolly old St. Nicholas, and he has a gift for you. But... He has something worse in store as he attacks your family, commits heinous acts, and all during a family's holiday get-together. What you are about to hear is believed to be real. Based on witness accounts, testimonies, and public record, this is... Terrifying and true. The killer Santa Claus has become a trope in many ways. Silent Night, Deadly Night was one of the first mainstream movies to showcase a killer Santa and was met with major backlash by parents, groups, and the like. If you go even further back, the story and all through the house was an EC Comics story all about a killer Santa Claus which was adapted into a feature film in the 1970s and, of course, an episode of Tales from the Crypt on HBO in the late 80s. Since then, the concept of the killer Santa keeps going and going. However, tonight's story is about a true killer Santa Claus and the film Silent Night was loosely based on his heinous crimes. We learn about those right now, tonight, after these quick words from our sponsors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Ortega family was overjoyed to be able to gather for another year to celebrate the holidays in 2008. But it quickly turned into something far more sinister when nine family members were murdered on Christmas Eve. Covina is a city in Los Angeles County, California, located about 22 miles or a half an hour east of downtown Los Angeles with a current population of 51,000 people and growing. The Ortega family in Covina consisted of 80-year-old Joseph Ortega and his 70-year-old wife, Alicia Ortega. They had been married for 53 years. They had five children together, two sons, Charles, 50, and James, 52, and three daughters, Alicia, 46, Sylvia, 43, and Letitia, They invited their children and families over for the holidays to simply congregate and have a merry time. After dinner, the Ortega family played Texas Hold'em in the dining room, while some of the grandkids were doing their own thing, such as hanging out by the pool or playing video games. And 17-year-old Michael Ortiz, one of the grandchildren, was upstairs by himself on the computer. The festive night was drawing to a close around 11.30 p.m. as it was becoming late when there was a knock at the door. Katrina Yusuf-Polsky, Letitia's eight-year-old daughter, went to answer the door and was welcomed by a man dressed as Santa Claus, holding a wrapped present in one hand. Katrina was overjoyed because Santa Claus himself had arrived at the house and with a gift But that all changed soon when Katrina was shot in the face and survived after being wounded in the jaw. A flamethrower was in the wrapped gift, and a semi-automatic rifle was in his other hand. The individual also possessed three other 9mm handguns. Joseph and Alicia Ortega, along with Letitia, Sylvia, and Teresa, their daughter-in-law, sought to hide beneath the dining table. But the man started shooting again. Joseph Ortega was then shot numerous times and died as a result of his injuries. During the attack, one survivor managed to flee and go to a neighbor's house where they phoned the authorities. The fire was 40 to 50 feet high, and it took 85 firemen an hour and a half to put it out. There were 25 to 30 individuals in the house, and nine members of the Ortega family died 
due to the gunshots or fire. Three other people were hurt, including eight-year-old Katrina, who was shot in the face when she had opened the door. A 16-year-old girl was shot in the back, while a 20-year-old woman injured her ankle when jumping from the second-floor window to escape the fire. Because most of the people in the house were towards the back of the building when they heard the gunshots and the commotion, many parents grabbed their children and fled. Due to the severity of the fire, the identities of the nine victims could only be determined through dental and medical records. The nine victims were Joseph Ortega, 80, his wife Alicia Ortega, 70, who died from a gunshot wound to the abdomen, and four of their five children, Charles, James, Alicia, and Sylvia, who died from both gunshot wounds and the fire. Alicia's 17-year-old son, Michael, died upstairs when the house caught fire. The blaze also killed Charles's wife, Sherry, and James's wife, Teresa. When police arrived at the residence to investigate what had occurred and who was responsible, many individuals, including Letitia Ortega, were certain that the gunman was her sister Sylvia's ex-husband, Bruce Pardo. One neighbor claimed to have seen Bruce's car exit the cul-de-sac about 11.45 p.m. at night, and police issued an APB in search of Bruce. Police received a call from a man named Brad Pardo in Silmar, California, around 40 miles or a 45-minute drive from Covina. He stated that he had just returned home from a Christmas party when he discovered his brother Bruce Pardo dead in a pool of his own blood. A gunshot hole was discovered in the ceiling, and Los Angeles County Coroner Fred Corral stated that there was an exit wound at the top of Bruce's skull, indicating that he had put the gun in his mouth before pressing the trigger and ending his life. They discovered the 9mm handgun that Bruce had used on himself on his person. The other two were discovered on his lap, and the third on the floor next to him. Police discovered four 13-round magazines for a handgun and 200 rounds of ammunition at Bruce's home. They also discovered five boxes of semi-automatic handgun ammunition, two shotguns, and a container of high-octane gas. Investigators concluded that Bruce's suicide was not part of the plan because he had purchased a plane ticket with Air Canada, and police assumed that he had intended to run away to the Great White North. After further investigation, they discovered that the flight was from Los Angeles to Moline, Illinois. Bruce had a friend from high school in Illinois whom he visited in October of 2008, and before the massacre, he contacted him to inform him that he would be coming to visit. Police felt he did this to divert attention away from the investigation. Bruce's arms were severely burned in the second and third degrees, the burns were so severe that some of his Santa costume had melted into his skin. Instead, after setting the house on fire, Bruce changed his clothing and drove his Dodge Caliber rental car to his brother's house in Silmar, where he committed suicide while his brother was at a Christmas party. Police discovered $17,000 in cash tightly wrapped around his leg inside of a girdle. His blood and urine showed positive for cocaine and his toxicology results. His rented car was packed one block away from his brother's house, and inside was his Santa costume, which was covered in gunpowder. 
This raised a serious potential that if anyone tried to move anything, the car could have exploded. The bomb squad was called in, and there were conflicting reports of what happened when they arrived. According to some reports, the bomb squad threw in an incendiary device to blow up the vehicle and eliminate the threat. According to other sources, when they attempted to defuse the situation, the car caught on fire. So that raises a question. Who is Bruce Pardo? Bruce Pardo was born in Los Angeles, California on March 23rd. 1963. He attended John H. Francis Polytechnic High School in Sun Valley, Los Angeles, and then California State University, Northridge. After graduation, he worked at the Jet Propulsion Lab in La Canada, Flintridge, before becoming an electrical engineer with ITT Electronic Systems. Bruce met Sylvia Ortega in 2004, and they married in January of 2006. The couple was living extremely comfortably in a a half-a-million-dollar property. Sylvia earned $31,000 per year working at a flower-breeding company. Sylvia had three children from a previous marriage. Bruce was earning roughly $122,000 per year, and the pair was saving money jointly. By December of 2007, their marriage was in disarray. Sylvia was sleeping in a separate room, and she had filed for divorce. One of the reasons was that Bruce refused to open a joint account with Sylvia, and he refused to care for the three children and did not want any of his money spent on them. Sylvia eventually discovered that Bruce had a child named Matthew from a prior marriage that he had never told her about. Bruce and his ex-wife Elena were married, and in 2001, their son Matthew was 13 months old. She left them at home while she ran some errands. Matthew ended up in the pool, face down and unconscious. When Elena arrived home, she discovered Bruce holding Matthew, and she rushed him to the hospital, where he was revived. They immediately took him to the children's hospital in Los Angeles, where he was left with a severe brain injury and was confined to a wheelchair. Elena and Bruce divorced six months later, and he then pretended that they didn't exist. Elena sued Bruce when Matthew's medical expenditures totaled $340,000 in the first year. Bruce's $100,000 house insurance and a trust fund were distributed to her for $240 a month for the rest of Matthew's life. Bruce's mother kept in touch with Elena and her grandson, and she was the one who told Sylvia about Matthew. When Sylvia filed for divorce, she requested $3,166 in spousal support and alleged that Bruce reduced their savings from $88,000 to $17,000 in two months, with the remainder going into a private account. She was awarded these payments in June of 2008, and Bruce was ordered to pay $1,785 per month in spousal support. Bruce was then fired from his job in July for billing false hours, and he immediately found himself in debt while looking for another job. In the court filing, he indicated that he had $8,900 in monthly expenses, a $2,678 monthly deficit, $31,000 in credit card debt, and a $2,700 monthly mortgage payment. He complained about not receiving a severance payout and being denied unemployment benefits. The house was granted to Bruce one week before the massacre, 
and he was required to pay Sylvia $10,000, as well as give her the wedding ring, and she was allowed to keep the family dog. Bruce complained that while he had to pay her so much money, she was living lavishly. She had no expenditures to pay. She lived with her parents, bought a luxury car, went to Las Vegas, went shopping, had fancy meals at restaurants, golf lessons, and got massages. All of this, according to police, contributed to him committing these horrible, horrible murders. The only surviving sibling, Letitia Ortega, maintains a blog where she discusses her personal experience. Katrina, who was shot in the face, fully recovered and is now an advocate for victims of gun violence. And that, my friends, is the horrifying and bone-chilling Covina Christmas Massacre, in which a happy, memorable Christmas Eve was turned into a violent attack on people who were simply enjoying the holidays and each other. It's hard to read these stories, to be honest. I'm actually kind of looking forward to leaving December behind when it comes to terrifying and true, just because I hate the idea, and I think you would all agree with me, of a family getting together to celebrate and then losing their lives. It's sobering to think about how vulnerable we can be so often in our day-to-day lives, and especially during times when we feel our most safe. But that being said, it is a fascinating story, and here at Weekly Spooky and Terrifying and True, we like to examine things that make us a little uneasy, things that make us have to check behind the shower curtain when we enter the bathroom, and that this story certainly does in spades. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're having a great holiday season. Make sure to tune in Wednesday right here on the podcast feed to hear a brand new terrifying Christmas story by David O'Hanlon. And there'll be a very special holiday gift on Friday before Christmas and a little something for you on Christmas Eve. But until then, my dears, please stay safe, hold your loved ones close to you, and give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. It really does make a big difference. So until next time, I'll talk at you later. Terrifying and True is narrated by Henrik Kuto, executive produced by Rob Fields and produced by Dan Wilder. The original theme song is composed and performed by Ray Mattis. All other music is from Audioblocks. A huge thank you to our Patreon podcast boosters, folks who pay just a little bit more to hear their names on the show. And they are Kelly Orham, Julia Kirsch, Christopher Sullivan, Brent McCullough, Gino Lyons, Steve King, Karen Wiemet, Jack Kerr, Jeff and George Hilton, Craig Cohen, and Kevin Fry. Thank you all so much. And if you want to join them in supporting the program, just go to weeklyspooky.com and click on Patreon for as little as $1 a month You can help us keep going and going and going, and you'll get bonus episodes as well. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send us an email at weeklyspooky at gmail.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.